Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Have a pleasant good evening wherever you are. It's Chrissy McQueen, Justin Winters. We are So I Married a Movie Geek, the podcast, and we are coming to you live from not Los Angeles, but just north of it to talk about baseball movies. <laughs> I always come up with something random to say in these intros because half the time I do it just to see Justin's disapproving look in the opposite end of where we record that wasn't disapproving at all what are you talking about that was that was like where are you going with this look it was just like a shrug emoji but like a laughing shrug emoji i wonder if we should have like some people have a similar intro for like every episode like a standard intro and then they get into the mix we're just like f that well i think it's <laughs> caution i mean wind that's kind of like the point of our podcast. I mean, people like us because we do things like say, hey, review us and we'll watch The Human Centipede, <laughs> not because we're super profesh. <laughs> Save that for later. Oh, boy. So, yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to the So Married Movie Geek. Like Chrissy said, my name is Justin. That is Chrissy. And we're here this week to talk baseball movies. Yes, we let's, are. Let's play balls, Chrissy. Play ball. Play with her balls. Wait, play with her balls? Play with her balls. Um. But before we do that, we have to uh, say uh, congrats out to Chris from More Gooder Than Podcast, who um, won last week's Steven Spielberg fantasy movie draft. He beat the pants off of us. Congrats, Chris. We hate you. I don't hate him. Congrats, I guess, Chris, like I said <laughs> earlier. Um, I had a feeling he was going to win. I said it last time. But also, I guess I feel a little bit badly about what happened with that podcast. Just How badly, Chrissy? Like a 7 out of 10. <laughs> if 10's the worst bad you could feel? Yeah, and one's like, F you, I don't care at all. Well, you know what I have to say about that? What? Good. G O O O O D good. I'm glad you feel bad. Well, it you didn't You did help some bad matters. things. You did some bad things, Chrissy. Guys, listen. Things that you can never live down ever. And like I said, you will rue the day. There will be there'll come a day where you won't see it coming. Like you'll just be like going going this is you going you just a regular day and then all of a sudden bam. You're like, "Ugh." Justin got me. This is this is retaliation. <laughs> so the sad thing is, Justin's not just mad at me like that night or like even the next day. Like four days later, <laughs> we cross paths as I'm doing some chores because I'm always doing chores. I look at him and I go, what? And he goes, I can't believe you did what you did. And I'm like, are you still talking about the fantasy movie draft? Here's the thing, guys. Um, obviously, I played everything up. Uh, during the draft, um, after the draft, because at one point, just w within 24 hours of the draft happening, Chrissy's like, I'm really sorry for what I did. I did feel badly. <laughs> you felt really badly. So when you did that, I was like, oh, it's on. I'm going to milk this. 
milking it. And so I played up the the hurt and the... So wait a minute, because I'm a good person and tell you that I feel sad and sorry that I like potentially hurt your feelings. You're like, well, now... <laughs> I'll make her feel even worse about it because she already feels badly about it. It's all fun and games, Chrissy. But um, yeah, I did get second place. I, I will say that as well. So whatever you did didn't work. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride, Justin. I mean, second place is better than third and fourth place, I guess. True. Anyway, but yeah, congrats to Chris. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, good job, man. Evan, uh, next time Evan's- will be your time. <laughs> At some point, Evan had 0% of the vote, like really far in, and he was very upset about that. Like, I sent him tweets about it. I mean, not tweets, but uh, texts about it. And he's like, Evan, what is wrong with your, your audience? Like, <laughs> fuck them. I hate them. Evan took Brian's spot from, our, from our last fantasy movie draft, where uh, poor Brian also had a, a low percentage of votes. So there's always one. I think that's the thing. When you have four people, there's going to be one. And it's kind of like a, a, a race between the other three. So we went through, we, we, we trudged through Manly Movie March, which was Chrissy's favorite thing ever, mm, basically. Yeah. Then Chrissy was involved in our fantasy movie draft. So anytime that Chrissy's involved in the draft, there are fun times and fireworks, as we alluded to already. Um, but then I was like, okay, so what are we going to do next? And uh, Chrissy, sometime in the near past, had said something about baseball movies or said that she'd be down for baseball movies because... The, the season just started anew uh, like a couple weeks ago. Baseball is right? one of the few sports that I actually like to watch. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> so let's get this out of the way quickly, Chrissy. Okay. Before we get into the two movies that we watched, let's clear the air about Chrissy and baseball. So how long have, I, how long have we known each other, Chrissy? Going on 13 years. Almost 13 years. Um. If anyone's in a relationship, they know there's certain things that you find out just kind of out of the blue that that uh, change your opinion of a person, uh, like Chrissy's Titanic seance box. I'll oh, never forget the, the time during a meal that she told me about this. <laughs> so that's number one. But way down the list is Chrissy's... Um, how would I describe it, Chrissy? I don't if know. You, if you go to see a baseball game with Chrissy... It's almost like going to see a baseball game with the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. What the hell? Chrissy is very, very intense and very uh, outspoken about how she wants her baseball experience to go when you go to a baseball game with her. And she will literally yell at you and you know tell you what to do <laughs> in terms of sitting places. Chrissy, what happened when you were a kid? We're, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> so here's the thing: if I go to a baseball game, especially to a major league game, we, we go to the Dodgers and stuff. Um, I just want to get my seat and sit down in the seat, you know, that corresponds to the ticket that I bought. Chrissy is not like that. Chrissy, um, she she says the ticket gets you in the door. But where you want to sit is where you want to sit. So Chrissy will go down the aisles just looking for the where she wants to sit. And she'll sit down there. And I'm going to let you finish. And, and if you're uncomfortable about I'ma sitting there, even though, that even though your ticket does, doesn't correspond, she'll be, like, <laughs> she'll be like, what's wrong? Like, this is a good seat. Who cares? And I'm just like, I just want to sit in the ticket that I... Chrissy, so an analogy would be like if we bought tickets 
to the up to an upcoming uh what are we talking about like like tickets to the December new Star Wars where you you buy the ticket and you buy the seat and you that's you, whatever you, that's where you're supposed to sit Chrissy walks in the movie theater is like no uh I'm sitting right here and she's like I don't care if this is somebody's seat if they come I'll just move and I'm just like I just want to sit in my seat and start like preparing myself for the movie so what happened, Chrissy? Why can't you sit in your right seat when you go to a baseball game? A few things. Number one, you're a liar. Number two, you're a drama queen. Number three, what the fuck, dude? Okay. He's wrong, first of all. I don't know what, whatever you just heard, take it and like blow it out your other ear because it's not right. Here's the deal about Dodger Stadium specifically, okay? If you are a season ticket holder, which my family was for a billion years, pretty much since they moved from Brooklyn, we had season tickets. You you know... You see this stadium? My parents built this stadium. Fuck off, Justin. My- <laughs> you know... I, hey, I let you finish. Christy McQueen Dodgers. I let you finish. I took it off. I took the, my, my real last name off to throw everybody off. Go ahead. You finished? Yep. You know which sections... Of the um, of the seating are for season ticket holders as opposed to general sale tickets. Mm-hmm. So, what Justin is referring to is a time in our early twenties when we bought a ticket for out in like all the way in fucking right field, and I'm like, "What the hell is this bullshit? I don't want to sit in the middle of right field." And he was like, "This is where our tickets are," and I was like. That's nice. I want to go sit in my family seats over there. He's like, but your family's not here tonight. I was like, doesn't matter. We own the seats and I'd like to go sit in them, please. And then... Lies. Oh, no, it's not. Because this has happened more than once, I'm not. Chrissy. Oh, I know. I'm not done. We've so, been then, to, we've, so then... Wait. Oh, I, I let you finish. You let me finish. We've been with multiple you people and friends. Question. You asked me a question <laughs> and you opened the can of worms and now you do, you're going to get what you get and you don't get upset. So I'm like... Yeah, let's go. And he's like, uh, uh, I don't want to. I have a sting in my butt. Look at this little ticket that has my special little number on it. I can't sit in the thing. And I'm like, just fucking go with it. And then we go. And then as it always is, you sit in your seat. And if somebody comes, then you go, oh, sorry. And then you move over one more seat. It's not, Unless it's a sold out game. A sold out game is a totally different ball game. I <laughs> know, pun intended. But. It was not sold out. I was like, I know which the seats are. I can see that nobody is sitting in them. Let's go. I'm not done, Justin. Don't shake your head at me. And this is the other thing, okay? It is, it's not the same as what you're saying about like Star Wars and like other things where you go in and you have like an assigned seat. That's not how these stadiums work. I'm not saying like if you're sitting, if your ticket says you are in an infield reserve that you can go sit in the fucking loge. But you can, within some margin of error, sit kind of closer to where you want to be, like a row further down or one aisle to the left, and nobody's going to harass you about it. The only people who get harassed are the people like you who show up with their nerd glasses on, looking at their ticket, going like, Oh, man, you think I have to sit in aisle 10, row C? I can. You're making me be an asshole. I'm so nervous. And I'm like, just shut the fuck up and enjoy the game. You're such a bully, man. That was so mean. Number one, I don't wear glasses anymore. You know that. No, but you did at the time. <laughs> okay, so I guess we're different in that when I, if I have a ticket, you know, and this is where I'm supposed to sit, I like to just sit there. I, I really don't care that much. I just want to sit down, start drinking my beer, start eating, you know, my snack or whatever, and enjoy the game. Chrissy is like strategically like looking around, seeing. 
what seat that's not on her ticket she can snipe and then sit down. And then it happens in theater too. Huh? It happens in theater too. Like you sit in the balcony and you look down at the orchestra to see if it's full. And then if it's not full, if you notice that there are some obvious poles, you kind of look where they are. And at intermission, you go down and you sit in the orchestra. Well, that's different. You're, uh, but that's like during intermission. During during intermission, you're going down there. This is like you walk in the stadium. Sometimes we have like several people with you, and they're like, "Okay, we're just gonna sit in receipts." Chris is like. Oh no! <laughs> I found us some seats way down there in the front row. Doesn't see anyone there. Anyway, you're lying. I'm I'm not lying. Oh, down in the front row. I've done that. Really? <laughs> I'm exaggerating. A little. You are. You, you I'm are saying, exaggerating. I just wish you would just sit in your your correct seat. Well, it just kind of kills me. Like you could, I don't like you to could go have to like a hundred. With you you could have a hundred people all clumped like towards the middle, and that's where everybody is sitting, like behind home plate, right? And Justin's seat is fifty yards over to the right with nobody in between him. And you're like, how about we scooch closer to the middle where everyone else is? And he's like, no, this is where my seat is. It says so on the ticket. I don't. I don't want to get in trouble, Chrissy. But really, what I'm thinking is Chrissy's really bullying me throughout this. Like, why would she leave me alone? Why is she so mean to me? I just want to sit in my seat. <laughs> oh, man. Other than that, Chrissy, how were you at baseball as a kid? Playing it? We, I didn't play it as a kid. <laughs> I played it like in PE. doesn't count. <laughs> were you good? In PE? Sure. I was a good hitter, strangely, which I'm not anymore. But, but you were not time. a good fielder because no. you were so small. I was small and I had terrible hand-eye coordination. Okay. So I could, I could, I could see, that. see the ball coming out and I'd be like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Like it was coming for me and I would kind of cringe and like cover my face and it would fall on the floor. Nice. So, you know, there's that. You? So that's what happened. That's why you're <laughs> this way about other people going to baseball. <laughs> can't see you. I can't. you have some baseball PTSD. Uh, I was horrible, man. Like if you could, if there was a scale of horrible being one and 10 is being great, I was like, 1.2. <laughs> that's I, like, that's I, me as an adult. Like, I'm so bad that uh, I, don't, I didn't like to go to batting cages as a kid because I was like, people are going to look at me and, and like feel bad for me. <laughs> like Probably just surprised because you're so tall. I think everybody just assumes you must be athletic. And that's another thing. My strike zone is like like way, way yeah. higher than everyone else's. Yeah, it is. It's like pitching the big bird. Like nobody wants to pitch. You gotta the big have a bird. curve ball that like curves up at the end. You know. And when I miss, it's like really exaggerated and like I fall down and stuff. So it's really sad. So I'm not good at baseball, but I do love baseball movies. Do you like all baseball movies or like specific <laughs> baseball movies? It's not a it's not a blanket love of all all baseball movies. Okay, no, just making sure. Um, but a lot of them. Yeah. All right. You. Sure. Sure. It's it's before these two. What were there ones that stick out in your memory? They're like, man, if I have to watch a baseball movie, it's going to be this one. Um. Or fuck this baseball movie. Oh my gosh! Now I'm on the spot and I'm totally having a brain fart. Well, What's you knew the- we were talking about baseball movies. So yeah, really, what's the one with the kid and the arm and like it's it's he's rookie of the rookie year. Rookie of the year. Yeah, that that is a good one. I do enjoy rookie of the year. Sandlot. Sandlot, yeah. Um, so from, uh, what is Rook of the Year? Uh, funky Butt Loving. <laughs> What's the one with Christopher Lloyd? Angels in the Outfield? Yeah. Did you see that one? When I was a kid. I don't remember it very well, but I do remember liking it. 
uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, I used to confuse that with Rookie of the Year when I was younger. I'd be like, which was the one? These are all kids playing baseball well, movies. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch any adults playing baseball movies? I don't remember. You, if you named a couple, I could probably tell you. Uh, the two we're about to talk about. Yes. So <laughs> let's just get right into it, Chrissy. So we watched two ba- 80s baseball, I don't know if I'd say classics, but well-known baseball movies mm-hmm. from the late 80s. Not only late 80s, the exact same year, 89. Um, I'm going to give you choice. Which one are we going to talk about first? Well, I know which one I want to talk about Let's first. Let's talk about the, the one you like first. Well, I'm okay, so then I'm curious. Which one do you think I'll pick? I don't like playing this game, Chrissy. Why? You play games with me all the time. Um, I think you're going to pick... No, because I don't want to say both the names of the movies. I just want... You say which one we're going to talk about, and then we're going to talk about that one. Mouth it to me, and I'll tell you. That's your favorite? Of the two. Okay. So, I knew that was going to be your favorite. <laughs> okay, so... So, the first movie we're going to talk about is, again, from uh, the year 1989. Justin, this is dumb. People are going to know a, what it is based on the title of the podcast. A great year. Just so you know, it's titled the movie. The movie's called Field of Dreams. <laughs> I have just created something totally illogical. That's what I like about If you build it, he will come. What? Who will come? You didn't say. I hate it when that happens. Me too. Who's hearing voices? Ray is. <laughs> I think I know what if you build it, he will come means. Ooh, why do I not think this is such a good thing? Daddy, there's a man up there on your lawn. Are you a ghost? What do you think? You look real to me. Hi. You couldn't see it. This is really interesting. You believed in the magic. It happened. Isn't that enough? Annie, it's more than that. I feel it as strongly as I've ever felt anything in my life. There's a reason. Go the distance. Did you hear the voice, too? Did you hear it? Go the distance. Yes. Our grave is dead. He died in 1972. Are you Moonlight Graham? No one's called me Moonlight Graham in 50 years. Unbelievable. It's more than that. It's perfect. You build a baseball field in the middle of nowhere, and you sit here and you stare at nothing. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, Burt Lancaster. Sometimes, when you believe the impossible, the incredible comes true. Field of Dreams. Shut up! (laughs) Just thought I'd point that out, Captain Obvious. So, Chrissy, this is our podcast. You've never seen Field of Dreams until just this week. The IMDb logline is... 
An Iowan corn farmer, hearing voices, interprets them as a command to build a baseball diamond in his fields. He does, and the Chicago White Sox come. There you go. It's a great log line for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of Field of Dreams? Obviously, you liked it better than our other movie. Uh, your thoughts, Chrissy. Your thoughts. I have mixed feelings about it. Mixed feelings. Yeah. It's certainly not a bad movie, and it's put together well. I like Kevin Costner. Um, I do feel, and you know I have problems with suspension of disbelief. That's just kind of how I I roll. But I do feel like it got crazier as it went on, and, you know, the the requests of the voices it's it was it became less like oh like well let's do this one thing and see what happens and it became more like this ongoing riddle with layers and for me it's not that it lost me but after a while I was kind of like okay you might be jumping the shark with all the riddles being whispered to you by from beyond um this is like it's field of dreams is like the da vinci code of angel baseball movies <laughs> Starring Kevin Costner, which, by the way, is w- really weird because apparently uh, Tom Hanks turned down the role of Ray Kinsella in Do this you know movie. It's really funny. I swear I thought of him at some point. You watching. Did? Yes. I-, I was like, oh, I feel like this is like a Tom Hanks sort of vehicle. And then I, I the, the thought floated out of my head. But it's funny you said that because I didn't know that little fact until you just said it. So, uh, Fool of Dreams was based on a book. Uh, uh, pretty well-known book uh called shoeless joe yeah um and uh, i didn't read the book but obviously it was very similar to the movie um everybody knows this movie from the tag not the tagline but the the main quote from the movie which is what is it if you build it he will come which you obviously knew about before you saw the movie right um but they will come the best thing about watching this movie with chrissy before she had hadn't seen it before is when I asked her uh, before we watched it, Chrissy, have you seen Field of Dreams? And she said, no, but I've seen a little bit. No, I've seen pieces, which is Chrissy's, of course, line, which means, you know, she's seen three missed movies. She's like, isn't it the, is it the, what did you say? The ghost baseball movie? The ghost? Yeah. The the, the baseball movie about ghosts mm-hmm. with a girl that chokes on a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing. I was like, yep, 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 it is. <laughs> but there's so much more. There's so much more. There's an estranged father. Then there is a catharsis at the end within the estranged father. Were you moved, Chrissy? That's the main question about this movie. I don't Because this movie is known for moving people. I don't think I was as touching moved them, as people hoped that I touching would Touching them in their heart spaces, basically. They, they tried to touch me. They did. And I said, bad touch. Um, it, it's not that kind of movie, Chris. <laughs> no, I liked it. I just, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I remember watching it and thinking, am I just insensitive? Because I even said to you as they were playing catch, I was like, so like, Justin, like, I don't want to like trample on the heartstrings here. But like, if it were Camden, your son, but like he was 40 something in Iowa and then was like, hey, dad, like, let's play catch. Wouldn't you be like, okay, 45 year old son, like. Let's just do it, I guess. I mean, if it's ghost me, and this is the first time I've seen him. But like your peers. Forever. Like he's your age. Uh, sure. I don't I don't discriminate who I play catch with, is what you're saying? 
I don't know. I just, I don't know. There was just something about it that it was almost too much. Like it, it as a, Oh, it's definitely too much. Yeah, okay. It's definitely too much. <laughs> Thank you. That's what but, I was trying to get at. Before we delve in, is one of the main reasons you think you didn't connect with it as much is that you have daddy issues yourself? Ooh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Justin. <laughs> Going deep. No, you just did, you don't have, you don't have like a big connection with your, a positive connection with your dad. True. Except for baseball. It's like the one thing we've ever connected on. So it's kind of funny that you would say that, but okay. <laughs> so uh, say, your, say your dad was dead, like Arnie from Gilbert Grape. Dad dead. Dad's dead. Dad's dead. Sure. Um, but all of a sudden he showed up <laughs> wanting to play catch. Ghost, ghost, ghost pops. Uh... <laughs> Chrissy, if you build. I don't know. I'd be like, what does he want? Like, Say if you, because this movie at its heart is a, is a movie about a man with severe mental illness going on. Kevin Costner? Yeah. <laughs> imagine if the if the ghost, the ghost baseball, baseball players never showed up. Like imagine the movie with like that. Basically, he would fall into ruin. Right. He would lose his farm. Well. He would lose his family. Yeah. The flip side of the coin was the guy, what was his face, who kept coming and he was like, I don't see anything. And like, you're behind on your bills. And like, Oh no! You see it too. Like, what are you? What are you all talking about? <laughs> and by the way, the one thing I, there's a lot of things I didn't understand. But like, what was the point where like suddenly everybody could see them? I remember leaning over to you and I was like, "Wait a minute! They couldn't see them before. Why can they see them now?" And I was like, "Chrissy, I don't know the angel rules. I don't know the angel rules. They're very flippant about the rules of they, who, when, but, when, and who can see them playing." That's important to me, though. I need to know why. Well. The text wasn't there, Chrissy. Yeah, what can I say? Well, <sighs> minus five points for Gryffindor. So, if we were, say, you were washing dishes. Oh my god! Another another analogy. You you put the kids to the bed, and all of a sudden you hear a voice that says, "If you build it, he will come." But you're like here, and you're Chrissy in our townhome mm-hmm. outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. How would you react? Who the fuck is he? <laughs> Who are you? What do I build? What do I know you? Is this my phone? Hey Siri, who are you? And like I'd probably be thinking that it was somebody playing a prank. Because that's the thing watching it back is he could saw these voices, but he kind of instantly knows what they're talking about. Yeah. That's and that well, but but there's some sort of telepathy because then when he goes to see Terrence, it's the same thing. He's What's like, the other things he said that he hears were like um, relief. Ease his pain. Ease his pain. Yeah, go the distance. Go the distance. <laughs> I mean, the more, the longer they go with it, I'm like, mm, you're like okay. Explain more. Like you kind of had me in the beginning, but now you're losing me. More verbose. <laughs> I don't understand. But this is what I mean. Like, I think it was some sort of telepathic thing because when he went to see Terrence, he said, he's like, you had the same dream I did. And the dream was, and then they like said it at the same time for all intents and purposes. So it's there's some sort of telepathy. I don't think it's just that Kevin Costner magically knows where things are. It's a telepathy of some kind. Not that that was explained. <laughs> I guess I kind of... At the end of the day, I kind of li- I like this movie. You know, I like yeah. it. Uh, I think it's okay. Um, 80%, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, I think, a very high nostalgia rating. 7.5 on IMDb. 57% on Metacritic. I uh, grow sixty four million dollars at the box office. 
Nominated for three Oscars, Christy. I heard. Do you want to guess the three that it was nominated for? I think I know. Go. Uh, best score. Best score because of who? James Horner. Our boy, James Horner. Oh, rest whoop, in peace, whoop. James Horner. We miss you. R.I.P. Best score, best picture. Yeah. And best adaptive, adapted screenplay. screenplay. Yeah. Well. Damn. Okay. <laughs> the screenplay one is the one that the most of, out of all of them that I'm like, wait, hold on. The the script you mean that doesn't explain very much and just kind of jumps around until suddenly there's a catharsis at the end? Okay. <laughs> um, Kevin Costner, like we said, as, as Ray Kinsella. Amy Madigan plays his wife, Annie. She been in anything else? Amy Madigan. I feel like she... You've got a phone in front of you. I, I think do. she was an Uncle Buck. You're you're looking at me and not your phone. I think she was an Uncle Buck. I I mainly know her from this. Gabby Hoffman. I love Gabby Hoffman. Plays the the kid Karen, um, and Ray Liotta plays Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yes, in this movie. Um, and of course, we talked about uh, James Earl Jones. Do you know who Amy Madigan is married to? Ed Harris. Yes. So here's the thing. Uh, a bit of IMDb trivia. She was in Gone, maybe Gone, by the way. Quotations around it. Uh, supposedly, the the voice, if you build it, they will come, is supposedly Ed Harris. What? The, the, the voice is actually uncredited, but uh, the writer of the book, I guess, of Shoeless Joe, says it was Ed Harris, um, you know, connected. There's a connection there with Amy Madigan. I don't know if that's true. Just I, a rumor. And I'd never heard it before, so IMDb might be lying to us again. But other things you liked about the movie. Did you like his like uh, his performance? Like uh, Kevin Costner was pretty good in this. He's always pretty he, he's good. He's kind of like earnest everyman. Yes. The thing about uh, Kevin Costner that he does very well. I fell in love. I moved to Iowa. I, feel I like started a farm. In a very different way, and yet there's something similar. In a Tom Cruise way... He commits to every role he's given. You know what I mean? Uh, I just imagine Tom Cruise in this role. <laughs> he would have been great. He would have been great. I think so. Where would where would the running come in and the the crazy laugh or? Uh... Um, the running would have come in when they went to like what was it Minneapolis to chase down what's his face. Minneapolis. Yeah. Or Boston. That was Minneapolis. They were, remember, they it was like both. a long car ride. There's a lot of moving around. Like I said, this is the Da Vinci Code of Ghost Base, <laughs> yeah, I know. Baseball movies. Um, okay. What, what was you, the question now? <laughs> what, what you thought about the movie? What oh, you liked about it? I told you. I, I what you didn't like about it? Well, you didn't like the that you it was hard the the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, you're like I won't set rules for these angels. Or I just want it explained. I want. You want you want you wanted everything explained for you. Not every little thing, but I'm I'm cool. You wanted with Clarissa certain... to come in and say <laughs> na, hello, Chrissy. Na, na, na. <laughs> Let na, me explain na, na, it all na. for you, Chrissy. All right, all right. No, I just want some things explained, or at least a groundwork. Where maybe couldn't have there been like an expository scene where like Annie and and Kevin Costner are like sitting together, and he's like, "Okay, I've mapped it out. I think what's happening <laughs> is that you know they're they're speaking to me like from beyond the grave, but I don't think they're like time traveling. I just think that it's some sort of like 
wormhole or it's like a telepathic connection or, oh, or like, like some sort, even if he's not oh, sure. Chrissy, it's like sliders. I love sliders. They're sliding right into the cornfield and they're like, hey guys, we're here. I, there's parallel universes everywhere where they live. Oh, sliders. <laughs> a great show. Oh, man. Let's watch that for the podcast. Um, <laughs> well, number one, it's not a movie, Chrissy. Damn it. A sliders rewatch. That would Down. that would really like bring in the numbers. <laughs> they would be they would be banging down the doors of iTunes to listen to that. I think they would. I don't think anyone would. Tweet at us at <laughs> Movie Geek Cast. Chrissy, we or have Chris enough Winters on our plate. If you no want more a Sliders episode, <laughs> no more. Gary O'Connell wants us to do it. No more. No. What do you think of the movie, Justin? I thought it was okay. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like I'm grasping for straws when you're like, how do you feel about it? I'm like, well. I don't know. Uh, Other than it being, like I said, without the angels, it's a man with a mental illness. (laughs) Number two, as uh, a movie that I haven't seen since I was a kid, now watching it as an adult, I watch it and think... uh, Man, I'm lazy. I wouldn't do any of this, you know. There is a lot of plot points like that. We unless I, unless I'm really prepped and uh, I know what's going on, I'm not going to build a baseball field in my cornfield. I thought of it from the wife's. I've got to punch too. the numbers in, and once it says you will probably lose your farm if you do this, I would say nope, nopers. Are you over there? What are you doing? I think my lip is bleeding. Fun times. You hate this movie that much. Clearly. You bit your I made lip. myself. You, you're- um, what I was going to say is I thought about it from the wife's perspective too because like I don't know how I would deal with it if you were like, Chrissy, I'm hearing voices so I need to go out in the back right now. It's just something I need to do, Chrissy. I'd be like, sure, you know, we all have things we'd like to do. Wait, 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 wait. Let's do it. Okay, so okay. so uh, I just heard the voice. Okay. I've got a cell phone in the field. Mm-hmm. This is modern day. Okay. Ring, 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 ring. What's up? Hey, Chris, what's going on? So I'm out here in the baseball field. Guess what? Wait, you're in a baseball field? Yeah, you know how... Oh, oh shit. <laughs> so uh, I just buried the lead. <laughs> BT dubs. I'm going to build a baseball field. <laughs> Another one? You're already standing in one. I think we need two. So I know I heard those voices months ago, and I built that baseball field. But I just heard the voices again, and I assume that means we don't have enough baseball fields. <laughs> so I think they mean that if we have dueling baseball fields going on out here, that he will come. Who is I, he? He uh, didn't come to the first one. I think they're talking about the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I don't know if I'm getting my movie movie metaphors mixed up, but Stay Puff Marshmallow Man will definitely come if we have dueling baseball fields. That's cool. You know, I know we've almost lost the farm. I know some days I just, you know, fall asleep on this baseball field that we built up for ourselves um, drunk because that's all I have in my life. But BT dubs, I'm going to build another one. Hope you're cool with it. Yeah. So <laughs> let's have a little chat about that. And, you know, Mr. Stay Puffed. <laughs> yeah, we have. JK, JK. Angels are coming, Chrissy. This is a left behind scenario. Okay. I, uh, I've i been chosen to save the earth. By who? Kirk Cameron? 
by Kirk Cameron, and I hear that the angels are coming, and uh, I haven't read that book quite yet, but I assume that that's what it's, what it's about, oh, honey. and I do not want to be left behind. There are many things you haven't read. We all know that. It's okay. JK, JK. Oh, boy. There's more? I need to put some bouncy houses <laughs> Okay. And see. <laughs> Chrissy, did you know? So they. Uh, this is obviously based on a book. This wasn't a true story. What if they would have put like based it on? Was it based on a true story at the beginning of this this movie? Would that would have changed the way you saw it? No, because I would have been like clearly because the little girl chokes on the hot dog at one point. You were really obsessed with this chokes on a hot dog story. So my mom, when I was a kid used to boil my hot dogs for me and cut them into these tiny little pieces. And as I got a little bit older, like probably around our daughter's age, I, uh, who's you're like, almost five. You're, wait, you're like, why? And she's like, haven't you seen Field of Dreams, Chrissy? <laughs> More or less. Really? Yeah, except she didn't say, haven't you seen Field of Dreams? She'd be like, Field of Dreams! She'd go, because did you know that you can choke on th- those things? And I'm like, no, you can't. I know how to chew food because I'm almost five. And she's like, the little girl in the movie was definitely older than five when she choked on the hot dog. <laughs> Man, the uh, stock in hot dog companies really went like dipped with Field of Dreams, so they had to bring a <laughs> bring back the the PR some way because there's many moms out there like Chrissy's mom's like, nope, you don't no get more. a bun, <laughs> no you more. get it sliced on your plate like deli meat. <laughs> With some ketchup on the side. Thinly, thinly sliced pig innards. There you go. It's like a pot, you, it's honey, like a pate. Would almost. you like a fork to dip your tiny edges of hot dog into the pool of ketchup on the side? Field of dreams, Chrissy. This is the field of dreams really, rule. I doubt she'll remember that if we bring it up to her now. She'll be like, What? But I'm telling you, that's what she said. It's like people petitioning the Supreme Court. <laughs> your Honor. Field of Dreams has has opened our eyes to the dangers of hot dog eating while on a uh, grant. Well, she was like sitting like up on like a bleacher, a bleacher, and she fell off backwards. Yeah, I mean, she was doing it wrong. I can't believe I how nonchalant they all were. By the way, about this because the doctor's like, "Oh, poor thing, she's choking." Yeah, and I can't believe that Kevin Costner's like, "Don't call nine one one yet." Yeah, don't do anything. Yet, let's just see if one of the old timey baseball players can save her. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> announcement, announcement. Are any of you ghost baseball players also doctors? <laughs> BT dubs, <laughs> my kid's choking on a hot dog. Yeah, I know, like, you can't go back to your, like, sliders hole after this, but. Be nice if you could do some solid. And I don't know her. if you noticed, but we're on a we're on a baseball field on a farm, at least sixty <laughs> miles from a nearest hospital. She's gonna die right now. She was like comatose, like I know. she wasn't even like you know she was passed out. She wasn't like choking. You like, wouldn't know oh, that she uh, needed uh, a Heimlich uh, or something. Like no, I assume when she hit her head that she just kind of like passed out with the hot dog lodged in her throat. <laughs> It's interesting if that scene would have happened maybe like 20 minutes earlier, you could think, oh, so everything after that is some kind of like nightmare scenario in her head. Like she she hit her head, woke up and like she's in the Wizard of Oz and like, you know. Right. You know. But a minute later, by the way, when she wakes up, she's fine. Like 
nothing ever happened. They move on. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. You almost died like five seconds ago, girl. What happened? And she's like, shh, shut up. There's ghost baseball players playing right over there, Chrissy. I'm Don't okay. Don't you see them? Don't you see them? Anyway, so they they actually built this on this farm for the movie, this baseball field. And then the people like turned into like a tourist attraction, which is funny at the end of the movie when they're like lights, all these cars are coming yeah, to, 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 to the, the game. Baseball. Chrissy's like looked at me and she's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this movie sits on a throne of lies. What was your problem with the ending of the movie? I looked at you and I said, so wait, word got out about this. Number one. <laughs> number two, everyone's going to be able to see the ghost players because I don't know. Some people have seen them. Some people haven't this whole time. So let's assume that people are going to drive however many hundreds of miles and snake down to Iowa <laughs> in the hopes of maybe seeing some ghosts. They got to have billboards along the way, you know? So billboards along. You may or may not see ghost <laughs> baseball players, you know? We do not accept any liability for those who do not see ghost players. They need to have some, like, some alternative something there. If you show up in the ghost base, you can't see the ghost baseball players. Also, why did like some kind of like animatronic, like singing animals, like at Chuck E. Cheese or something, (laughs) you know? So, granted, I don't know how the ghosty wormhole works because, oh, they didn't explain it. Try our our thinly sliced hot dogs, you know? (laughs) But what if, what if it's like a, a, a ghosty wormhole to not just like, old you know white Sox players who were really really into what they did but like anybody who like really likes baseball and is like i'm dead and i came back because i like baseball too why can't i play brains (laughs) (laughs) talking about zombies talking about zombies that are also baseball no baseball fans no do you know what i imagine Somebody like zombies can't like baseball. No, but like, well, he's not dead yet. <laughs> Let me think of somebody who is dead. Fastball. <laughs> That's see, they haven't really tapped that on on the Walking Dead as a TV series yet. Some of these, some of these zombies also love baseball. They do. Okay, maybe it's too soon. <laughs> Maybe it's too soon to bring the zombie baseball, zombie, zombie, the, the fans of, of baseball into no, the, to the, if, the Walking Dead universe. What if Carrie Fisher walked out of the wormhole? Oh my God, Chrissy, too soon. <laughs> no, but you seriously. go from zombie baseball baseball players to Carrie Fisher walking out of the cornfield. No, I'm not I want Carrie Fisher to walk, like, slide into, like, a beautiful paradise. I do, too. Of, you know, everything that she's wanted in life. That's because what, she deserves that, That is Chrissy. what I'm getting at, Justin. You were sliding her into zombie baseball <laughs> player land. No, I'm saying, what if she was, like, a closeted big baseball fan? And, like, she decided in her afterlife. <laughs> closeted baseball fan. Why? Why is she closeted about it? Because none of us have ever heard. She seems pretty outspoken. If she was a baseball (laughs) player, I'm I'm sure she would have been happy and proud about it. I'm sure, but since none of us have ever heard that about her, that's why I'm saying maybe she was a closeted fan. Anyway, the point is, what if she suddenly showed up on the field one day and was like, "So seriously, I've always loved baseball, and I never had my chance to like try it out, but I'm dead now, like everyone else here, and I really want to do this. Like here I am, special guest." Carrie Fisher. (laughs) 
I mean, if it's like that, I mean, I guess she gets some pop-ins and, and everything, so. She grounds out. But you couldn't put that on the billboard that Carrie Fisher might be here at any time. Like, that's just a surprise out of the blue. That was just an example. Spared no expense. <laughs> Prince and the Revolution. Now, he loves basketball. I'm just JK, what about, JK. What about Selena? What about Selena? There was a part in this. No, was it this or Major League? I was like, this reminds me of Selena. But, I, I, I mean, my point is, why can't it just be other people who are deceased who also, like, love baseball and they want to show up? It could be. If there would have been a sequel, I'm sure that it would be more equal opportunity <laughs> as to who slides into the cornfield to play baseball. Um, but... Uh, back on track, Justin. Back on track. R.I.P. Carrie Fisher, I guess. <laughs> Um. So, so this family they had the baseball field, uh, farm, and then they sold it, two hundred acres, in two thousand eleven, to probably uh the Illuminati or, or someone, I guess, some kind of multi conglomerate. For you want to guess, so twenty acres, there had to be you know several buildings, a house with three bedrooms or something on this land, a baseball field, famous from Field of Dreams, that Carrie Fisher might. TBD, you know, arrive at and <laughs> announce her closet baseball love. <laughs> How much do you think that the, the 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 sell price allegedly was? How many acres? Two hundred. Oh my god! I don't know. Five point four million dollars. Oh, I was I was thinking way less, like two million. Anyway, that's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot. Lot for the Midwest. Lot of cheddar, Iowa. Jesus. We're in we're in Iowa. You never forget that this is in Iowa. Nope, it's Iowa. It's Iowa. Anyway, uh, some some more trivia. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were extras in the Fenway Park scene. Um, I guess when they go with with James Earl Jones's character. Oh, stuff. really? Yep. Huh. And uh, Ben ended up working with the director of this movie, who was. Phil Alden Robinson. Okay. Does it ring a bell? No. He he directed a great movie called Sneakers. Uh, anyway, sneakers? he worked. Sneakers? Sneakers. Have you heard of Sneakers before? No. Robert Redford? Nope. Should put it on the list. Okay. Uh, uh, he directed Ben in The Sum of All Fears, the, oh, the yeah. Tom Clancy movie. I remember that. So when they worked together, I'm sure Ben was like, hey, by the way. Nice to work with you again. I, I think he did say something. I like was that. on Field of Dreams. I was in the Field of Dreams. Um, with my good buddy Matt. So in the book, uh, Terrence. So the in the movie, he's he's known as Terrence Mann, James Earl Jones's character, right? Um, but in the book, uh, he's actually J.D. Salinger, Catcher in the Rye, Catcher in the Rye guy. Huh. And uh, when they were planning on making the movie, apparently his his estate or he or whatever was threatening to uh sue so they oh. turned it into terrence May reclusive author did terrence man um true or false james earl jones hates baseball true according to imdb trivia it is true chrissy Ooh. can you believe that i mean i guess i can why i don't know why okay give me your best impression of james earl jones saying that he hates baseball Oh, I can't. It would not be anywhere near, like, okay. <laughs> he sounds like Darth Vader. Yeah. Go ahead. But all I know how to do is Darth Vader voice. So do Darth Vader <sighs> voice. Go go ahead. 
Baseball <laughs> is not my favorite sport. <laughs> That's the worst Darth Vader. I told person. you. He'd be like, uh, Luke. This is James Earl Jones, the actor. And I hate baseball. That was so much better, Justin. <laughs> was that good? It was good until it you It sounded went. just like him. It's like he, vis- <laughs> he, he he slid right onto the couch. Sliders. Sliders. Like Carrie Fisher's over there waiting to talk about her baseball love. James Earl Jones is doing the suppression right in front of me. Oh, my God. Chrissy, what would be your final grade for Field of Dreams? Did we talk about all your love of Field of Dreams in, in every corner that it could exist in? I don't know why. You loved it. I knew it. I don't know why. You're glad that you watched it. You loved it. So I have to say something real quick. Better than Angels in the Outfield? Wait, I have to say something. You're not even listening to me. You have to say something. Go ahead. Um. So... I know that like it went a little off the rails there talking about Carrie Fisher and <laughs> <laughs> no backtracking, Chrissy. No, no, no. But I, in my head, I don't know why, but I imagine two entirely different people. Like, but then okay, here's the deal. My first person I I pictured instead of Carrie Fisher was like Grandpa Simpson from The Simpsons, like. He- <laughs> What are you talking about? Like he slides into the cornfield? I want to play. And everyone's like, no. <laughs> I don't know. And then. Well, there are multiple players on the team. He could join the team with Carrie Fisher and, you know, the zombie and who else, whoever then, else that you. And then the next one that I was like, oh, but he's not dead your, your, yet. Your dad. Is I imagined OJ Simpson showing up. Well, that's when really like we're talking about being scared by the zombie. Once he shows up, you you run. <laughs> you throw the keys. Like if there were keys to a farm and a baseball field at a farm, you throw it at OJ Simpson and you you leave. This sounds like a nightmare, Chrissy. This sounds like a nightmare. In my head, Where is this like, going? He's like, I, was, I was asking for your grade. Does this affect your grade, this nightmare scenario you, you're saying? I swear to God, I'm not even drinking. I'm just really tired um, and loopy. I'm going to give it a B minus C plus. Uh, I'd say uh, B minus. Yeah. Cool. I like it. I like it. I like the least. I like the angels the least. <laughs> I like well, everything else. Yeah. Uh, I like Kevin Costner in it. I like James Earl Jones. Burt Lancaster is good in it. Cool. Um, B minus, I would say. so. We're on the same page. Guess what time it is, Chrissy? What time is it, Justin? It's intermission. Oh, is it now? And just like in a baseball uh, intermission, that's what they're called, right? Intermission? No, seventh inning stretch. Seventh inning stretch. <laughs> it is time for a, a hashtag mystery snack challenge. Oh, dear God. Well, just kidding. It's the non-mystery snack challenge. So we talked about this a few weeks ago during the infamous fudge incident, which Chrissy Still never stops talking about her fudge. You bring it up all the time. She uh, makes it every now and then and tries to get me to eat it. She tells me that when she introduced it to me, I didn't eat it right. And that's why I didn't like it as much. That's true. So uh, this was my chance to bring out a a snack that we talked about earlier that Chrissy said that she hadn't eaten before. Do you have cocaine over there? Did you see what? Did you peek? (laughs) Did you peek? At your cocaine? So, 
and it being the baseball episode, it'd be it'd be a great time to try. You do have cocaine. What the hell is that? Oh, Chrissy, let's do this. <laughs> so I've got a spoon. What the fuck is this? Got a straw. Got a dollar bill that we can roll up. What in the hell is happening right now? What? He's got like a got bag a, of powder. Do you, mirror, do you got a mirror, Chrissy? Can you pull out your spoon, makeup mirror? And he's and he's he's. Should we do this on the malts? Got a coffee bean and tea. I got a malts straw. book here. By the way, he's you know what malts? You know what malts said about the movie? He gave it three and a half stars. He says it's a story of redemption. Leonard Maltin said this: a story of redemption and faith in the tradition of the best Hollywood fantasies, with moments that are pure magic, Chrissy. Pure magic. Kudos to writer, director Robinson, who adapted the book, for hitting and maintaining just the right note from start to finish. Lovely score by James Horner, says the Maltz. That's nice, Maltz. We have potentially <laughs> cocaine sitting on our couch right now. So, so this is not cocaine, Chrissy. What the hell is that? We talked about this uh, during your fu- your the fudge incident. This is a infamous snack that's been around since I was in middle school and was just in the news, uh, l- I think it was late last year. Because some kids brought it to school and got suspended for bringing it to school. It is called Kool-Aid Crack. Kool-Aid Crack? Yes. I feel like I don't remember this conversation that we apparently had. Well, when we were talking about fudge, I was like, oh, you know, if you like this, you know what we would like? Kool-Aid Crack. It's all the rage amongst elementary school students. And uh, I remember from when I was in middle school. So that's a long, like, that's lots of years away. So it's basically sugar and Kool-Aid. And you put it in a baggie like this and you you eat it. <laughs> so here's what you need to do. Come here. Get this, get up off the come come here so you're not on the couch. This totally. is like fun dip, but without the fun dip like Oh, this thing. is li- this is like fun dip, but like more fun. Like double fun dip. It does not look as fun. So here's what you should do. Dip. You can uh lick your fingers like this. Do a little of this. Do a little of this. Oh, God. That does not look attractive. Try it. Try it. I don't want to lick my fingers and then put them in a bag. Okay, well then here. Use the spoon. So you put a little bit on the spoon. And here, I got a lighter. And you what? <laughs> no, just, just put a little bit on the spoon and just eat it. Okay. What flavor is it? I think it's cherry. Think? That's not a lot. Put a little bit more. Oh, but I was going to get more on my look, licked look at, fingers by putting look, my this licked this is high-grade Kool-Aid on. crack, Hold Chrissy. On, Justin. Look, this is not even like, this is like a sandwich, not a snack baggie, but a sandwich. I know, and look, you, went out, you went to town. Listen, Justin, yeah. a second ago, you were going to have me lick my fingers and put them <laughs> in the bag, and you think that now I'm going to get like not as much on a spoon? Just go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Make it happen for yourself. Oh. I would have loved this as a kid. I don't love it now, but I would have loved it as like an elementary school kid, like maybe third grade. I would have thought this was amazing. So wait a minute. So what you're saying is you loved the fudge, your fudge as you call it as a kid, and you still love it today, but you don't like this? You know what it needs? Fudge. <laughs> what does it need? It needs an emollient, first of all. Okay. Like, can, can I try some of Second of all, um, I mean, like I, I kind of said earlier, oh my God, Justin, he just took a giant spoonful. This is, I, now I'm noticing a pattern. It's not just the fudge. You just take giant spoonfuls out of life. 
this is your thing. You're like, okay, gonna go for it now. And like it's like a giant spoonful. Um, Nothing wrong with that. What if I do this? Oh no. Oh, go God. ahead. Um, but I feel like it's missing the fun dip stick. Are you really doing this right now? No, you're not. That's how yeah, you do it, Chris. Stop it. He just put a straw in the bag and put it up his nose, but he wasn't really Some getting people snort up. it. No. Some they, people snort it. No, they just put the straw in their mouth. No, some people snort it. That's gross. Whatever they, whatever you need to do to get your high from the Kool-Aid crack. It's also called happy crack as well. But like I said, some kids were suspended from school from day for taking you to school. I feel like this is exactly And dispersing what, it. Like they're putting it in their jackets like this, walking down the hall and be like, hey, 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 pretty lady. Want some Kool-Aid crack? I feel like this is exactly what pageant moms give their daughters before they send them out for their like big reveal. Yeah. For these, those poor two and three-year-olds who've been kept up all day and they're like, okay, that's smile for mommy. Here, have some of your happy crack. Mm-hmm. And then they just give it to the kid and the kid comes up all amped up on sugar and Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's better on the spoon than snorting it. Definitely. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> Could imagine snorting. You taste Kool-Aid for like the next five days, That's basically gross. in your nose. That's gross. You're like, <laughs> Can't even. you're blowing your nose and Kool-Aid's coming out your nose. That, that will happen. If you have snotting, you blow your Kool-Aid, nose, it's going to be Kool-Aid colored. Kool-Aid boogers coming out your nose. This is legitimately what will happen to you. Wouldn't you be more likely to like eat your boogers if they were Kool-Aid flavored? Oh God, no. <laughs> I'd be worried that my nose was bleeding all the time. <laughs> Ooh, tropical. <laughs> Oh my god! You are you are a gross person right now. I think I got like some on the edge. Like I really didn't do it, but some of it got on the edge here. Well, what would you give? What's your grade for Kool Aid crack? C minus. I feel amped up. I need some more. Enjoy. Oh my god, more C minus. As Justin goes for his like fifth spoonful. Well, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I feel like five will make you die. I feel like Beavis. (laughs) You know when he gets. Oh yeah. DP for my bunk hole. <laughs> ah! I am going polio. <laughs> Ew. Um, that's great, man. I love Kool-Aid crack. Let's get it down. You know, Let's get I'm, it done. I'm, I'm like tolerant of your Kool-Aid crack. I disagree, <laughs> but like if that's what floats your boat, that's great. I'll just sit on the sidelines with my fudge. Well, you know what? We're going to do a taste test. We're going to put fudge <laughs> and Kool-Aid crack in front of our four-year-old and see which one she likes best. And she's going to pick mine. She might because she's four. So that's all I'm going to say. Your fudge is is kind of gross. Also, I, I told you I would I would have liked this as an elementary school kid, but now I'm like, Wah. all right, Chrissy. So you liked Field of Dreams better than our second movie. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, let's talk about that now. Again, from 1989, our second movie that we watched that you'd never seen before until this week was Major, Major League. League. Harry here welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball. Here's a list of players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you in our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Voodoo. Say hey! Willie Mays Hayes here. Play like Maze, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. 
Don't you have any proven major league talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. You want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering, just a bit outside. They're masters of the sacrifice. He's looking to sacrifice a live chicken. One whole chicken, just like you said. The double play. Excuse me. I have a much better body than she does. Thank you for me, she really does. And the pickoff. Every time we win, we peel a section. Tom Berenger. Superintendent Skirt Stuck. Use your imagination. Charlie Sheen. These things make me look ridiculous. Seeing's the most important thing, son. I don't think it's that important. Corbin Burnson. And Bob Euchre. Haywood swings and crushes one towards South America. Major League. That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Name one. Yellowstone. <laughs> so the tagline on IMDb for Major League, Chrissy, is, uh, or the logline is, the new owner of the Cleveland Indians puts together a purposely, purposely horrible team so they'll lose and she can move the team. But when the plot is uncovered, they start winning to spite her. <laughs> Major League. Chrissy? Yeah. Your thoughts on Major League? Well, there's an there's a plot hole right there. You just said it. So they're like, and when Damn they, you and your plot holes. Well, you just said you're like, and when they find out, they start to win just to spite her. And I'm like, why couldn't they have didn't they want to win just for the sake of winning before that time? Like they needed to know that it was, you know, going to be that she was taking the team to Miami and she wanted this to go poorly for that reason. Like it had to be that. Like it wasn't enough that they were already in last place and they had said that they were the least likely um, team to win anything according to all the newspapers. Well, number one, maybe they didn't want to like pick up everything from the um, glorious paradise that is Cleveland <laughs> and move to Florida of all places. Yuck. Oh. Uh, you know, maybe they had their roots there. Um, but number two, you know, if you if you find out that someone's kind of screwing you over, you put it in an extra gear. I guess so. So that's why you didn't like it as much as because of that. No, 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 no. Just, what are your problems with Major League, Chrissy? I hate to say tell this to you now, but this is one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Shut your face. Shut your face. It is? It is. Why? And I'm going to prove that to you by doing another line of oh Kool-Aid crack. He's about to start talking really fast, everybody. Just kidding. I'm not doing a line. But, no, but, I, I will but, take but if that's spoonful. really the case, tell me why. Mm. Oh, Jesus. So the reason I like Major League a lot, um, or at least I, so I, I love this movie as a kid, so a lot of it's nostalgia. Watching it back for the first time in a long time, um, part partly doesn't hold up, but still, the main reason I like it is there is I love sports movies that are a ragtag group of individuals that pretty much are not that good at the sport, right? Banding together and overcoming 
insurmountable odds to, you know, win in the end or... And that's why I like it. I love an underdog story. Because my other... If, if I were to pick a couple, like two favorite sports movies of all time... Yeah. Um, and these kind of uh, connect to my youth, it would be Major League and The Mighty Ducks. Oh, I love The Mighty Ducks. And they have a lot of comment. I mean, you know, kids, a bunch of kids that suck at hockey, uh, you know, <laughs> getting the good luck of getting Emilio Estevez as their, as their coach. And then they pull, you know, chaos ensues and then doesn't ensue. And then they band together and they win in the end so i totally agree with you like i said about an underdog story i'm on board i obviously root for any sort of ragtag mischief group of of player i was gonna say kids but they're not kids but you know what i mean um so for those reasons why are you shaking your head at me i'm just amped up i'm amped up on this kool-aid crack oh my god you're gonna talk bad about major league go ahead no i'm just saying for that reason i agree with you okay um it, it's just there were i guess if i'm being totally honest Mm-hmm. It was the characters itself. Like, I was just kind of like... That was my second thing. So, I like the, the general theme of the sports movie. And then my second one was... My second reason I love this movie it, are the characters. Like, the, the the different characters in this movie and how they all stand out in their own individual ways. But as caricatures. As caricatures? Yeah, caricatures. Okay. They don't seem like re- real people? Is that what you say? No, Serrano was like a caricature. Of I can't say of himself because I don't know what he is really like, but of that character, I would imagine on paper, I could have seen the breakdown of everybody, um, like their characters uh-huh. before it was actually cast. Okay, I feel like then, with maybe the exception of Charlie Sheen, although they tried with him, um, it would it just it was so uh, hyperbolic. Like that's that's what I had a hard time with. Well, I mean, it is a movie, and that you know there there is a little bit of exaggeration and and stuff going that but you know that's why they stand out more is because they're a little bit turned up to 11 <laughs> so okay let's go through so there's there's here's the team so there's uh tom berenger plays jake taylor the older guy with the bum knee right who's super sexy i liked him with a mullet of course you did what yeah mean? you did i mean i liked him like that yeah you did jeez yeah, you did. Listen, I know you're all hyped up on crack right now. Woo, but... Chrissy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's kind of like the the ringleader almost of the whole team. He's older, wiser, uh, bumny. He uh, has a, a dalliance in the movie going with Rene Russo, mm-hmm. who Chrissy had major problems with Rene Russo. Yeah, major problems. It was just her hair that bothered me. She's like, you're like step off Rene Russo. Why was it curly? Why are you in the so front tall and straight in the back? What's wrong with your hair? I don't understand. Why are your fingers so long? Just make up your mind. No, your fingers was, was you. That was all you. You hated her fingers. <laughs> she, she does have long fingers. I was just pointing out that she, she has, has like Freddy, Co- Freddy Krueger like appendages on her hands. Yes. Um, Charlie Sheen mm-hmm. uh, plays uh, Ricky the guy. Vaughn. Ricky <laughs> Wild Thing Vaughn. Um, you you didn't know he was in this movie. You're like, oh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Well, I saw it in the credits, and I was like, he's in this. And you were like, oh yeah. This is one of his best roles. He was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is interesting to say because I don't remember a ton of other things that he's been in. He's off the top of my bad head. boy, right? 
He's like in prison at the but start like, of the movie. But like I hate Two and a Half Men and and I hated him in it. So at first of all, I thought I was like, eh, Charlie Sheen. But then when um, to see him young and like I said, everybody was a caricature. And the funny thing is, costume wise, he was a caricature. And yet I feel like he like underplayed his his hand, which worked because everybody else was so hyperbolic in their performance. Um, that that's part of the reason why I liked him. He was like a bad boy, but he, I didn't feel like he was ever trying too hard to quote unquote be a bad boy. He just kind of was. He admitted uh, to Sports Illustrated later in an interview that he took steroids for the role to beef up. Oh, wow. To really get his fastball up to a top tip top levels. I think he played. So he played baseball in high school. Yeah. And he was offered a scholarship to go to uh, University of Kansas. Um, but he like in, in high school and stuff, he threw fastballs in the high eighties, which is pretty fast. That's pretty fast. Not like a hundred in this movie. Yeah. That was insane. Um, but, but pretty fast. So, uh, yeah, I guess they had to take some steroids to make that happen. That's crazy. And not only that, the, the, the quintessential moment of this movie is in the end, uh, the final playoff game, which is another one of those movies where the. They don't, at the end they don't even win like the whole enchilada. It's just like oh they won a playoff game. Yeah, Yay! They, and that, wait because they were like tied with the Yankees. <laughs> so uh, he he comes in as like a closer at the end of this game, right? And he makes like a a really huge entrance uh, to the song Wild Thing, <laughs> and like the whole like everyone's singing along, and he like it strolls really in, it. and everyone's into it. Anyway, that whole thing was like a huge influence on the modern day tradition of closers coming out to their own uh songs really yeah it started with that it well i don't know if it started with it but i think it was like a huge like boost to to i mean this was a huge movie well, this is a huge movie for especially in the baseball uh universe right a lot of uh, i mean a lot of current day players reference major league like i said as a kid i sucked ass at playing baseball but I love baseball movies, and that whole that whole scene was just like yes. Well, I was gonna say, you know, now it's not just the closer that gets that song; like it's everybody when they first everybody. come to everybody wants their their wild thing vong. They know what song. they do when they're when they're when they're on deck. They don't have it, but when they leave the on deck position to come to to um, home plate to to have their their out, they they play the song every time. What would be your song, Chrissy? My heart will <laughs> I knew it was gonna be something. <laughs> Just kidding, Chrissy. You're really getting amped up, like <laughs> Chrissy McQueen. Love will touch put, us put her in. Time. <laughs> no, it would be the it would be the part where the where it gets like you're here. There's nothing I fear. It would be like what would be my the guitar? I would have to be some kind of eighties, like really like. Um, I know world. exactly what yours would be. Which one would be mine? Highway yeah, to it would be. Danger zone. Watch out, everybody! I'm in the danger zone, like, meaning that like my zone, <laughs> my pitching zone is like <laughs> way erratic. <laughs> yeah, it would be like uh, so. Bob Euchre is is the um, announcer in this movie. Uh, he's the one that has the famous uh, catchphrase, "Just a bit outside," you know, when, <laughs> yeah. when Vaughn's like killing people. Uh, did you do you remember him from anything? No. So he was the dad in uh, Mr. Belvedere. Did you ever watch Mr. Belvedere? Oh, like once or twice. Anyway, he's great in that role. Anyway, um, what were you we talking about? <laughs> oh no, the crack—it's waning in your brain. You're like, I need more crack. 
Yeah, dude, if they play Danger Zone and I've been like snorting Kool-Aid crack back in like the like setting up, watch out, guys. It would have been all over. I would be like Eric Gagne in his heyday coming through. Yes. I thought of Gagne. It's funny you say that. Dude, totally. Gagne totally took this from Wild Thing Fallen. You think so? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's probably oh my a God. pretty good rip. Oh, man. Uh, Major League. So, Chrissy doesn't like Major League, but 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. 7.2 on IMDBB. IMDb, well, you're B-B-B. also saying I didn't like it. I'm, I'm just like, man, I didn't love it. Grossed like, uh, 49.7 million on an 11 million budget. Um, Oh, but so we didn't even get to my favorite player. So my, you want to guess my favorite player in this movie? Oh. Um, Willie Mays Hayes, played oh, by Wesley yeah. Snipes. With his, with his Raul Mondesi hips. Oh, man. <laughs> Wesley Snipes was like like gold in the 80s with some of these movies so he had this movie he had demolition man white man can't jump new jack city you're yawning talking about wesley Snipes. well i haven't seen those movies you're talking about oh we need to do a retrospective (laughs) we already talked about uh pedro serrano yes played by the president from 24 dennis haysbert yes which christy watched the whole show and you even when i'm like this is haysbert President 24, you're like, what? I just can remember off the top of my head. Like, Multiple I re- seasons? I remember the woman towards the end, and she was like tough as Insurance nails. man. Uh, but he was always our second favorite. Him and his um, uh, figure. Uh, the voodoo? Voodoo figure. Yeah. Joe jo Boo. That he, he did his yeah. like, Chrissy Titanic I seance. seance. I knew thing. it. I was like, here comes seance. Here it comes. Looked like a little troll doll thing going on. Oh, man. But then he had his breakthrough at the end. He was like, no, I will do it for me. Like, And then it suddenly... If you won't do it for me, Jobu, I say, fuck you, Jobu. <laughs> or whatever. I think he says that. Anyway, can't believe you don't like this. It's not that I don't... I, again, I, it's it's just that I didn't love it. No? Maybe I would have felt differently if I, if I had seen it. When it came out, like in the eighties or in the theater or something, that's like that. what it was. It was too eighties for you, because in yeah. the middle of it, you're like, you're like, you know what? This is the most eighties eighties movie that was ever eighties. <laughs> and I was like, I did say something like that. I, I was like, that is true. It, it was in the eighties. Yeah, but it was eighty nine, so it wasn't like it was in the middle of the eighties. That's I'm why like, I asked you a few times. I was like, when is when was this made? You were like eighties, late eighties. I was like, are you sure? And I even secretly looked it up because I didn't believe you that it was late eighties because it seemed like it was like 1984, 85 to me. Um, I think your favorite part of this movie was the character of Rachel Phelps, who's the woman who inherits the team, uh, played by Margaret Witten. Uh, rest in peace. She died in December, 2016. Anyway, Aww. she, um, she had an interesting role in this movie. She did. With a lot of different outfits. I don't know why you say that she's my favorite part of the movie, but okay. Every time she came on the screen, you're like, look at what she's wearing. I had comments about what she was wearing. <laughs> what did you think about her, her wardrobe, Chrissy? Well, the the main wardrobe that sticks with me is the one that got ripped off of her in the boys' locker room. Yeah, what did you think about that? Was was that a sexist way to get... Of raise course morale. it was. Of course it was. And I was torn between my own feminist feelings of what the fuck and understanding that it is somewhat probably realistic as to how locker rooms work. So it's kind of like... I mean, Chrissy, meh. I'm equal opportunity. If this was like a league of their own situation and you were on a baseball team of ladies who were very good at baseball or softball or whatever, sure. and you guys were having trouble with morale, I would give my body. <laughs> 
Like you could make a cutout of my body, like doing something like this, like this <laughs> cheesy grins with some like uh, banana hammock. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, I know what you're under- talking about underwear. Yeah, and then you could take pieces. What am I wearing? <laughs> what am yeah? What am I wearing that is taken off in pieces? The, you know, it doesn't matter. A full suit. The whole thing is, is because you're I'm so debonair. tall, it would take us like two hundred games just to get your legs undone. <laughs> Look at this big bird cut out. This is going to take forever. Do we have that many games? <laughs> and then towards the end, they're like, okay, so for every win, now you take two pieces off. You take two pieces off and you do a bump of Kool-Aid crack and you guys are going to win. You're going to be winners. Winners out there is in this life. And semi-charmed in life was all about Kool-Aid crack? No, that was about blowjobs, Chrissy. Really? Yeah. Semi-charmed life? No? And then I bumped again and said... How do I get back? Into Isn't that about blowjobs? Place where I fell asleep. I'm not <laughs> sure about this. That might be the Kool Aid crack talking, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's some about some kind of sexual. It's got some sexual connotation to it. No. What did you think it was about? Else. To get me through this, some kind of life. Maybe it is about Kool Aid crack. <laughs> Maybe it's about getting blowjobs on Kool Aid crack. <laughs> If it's not, the it mystery. is now. The Put mystery. it on Wikipedia. It's <laughs> now law. <laughs> have you have you seen any of these other movies? The direct so same guy directed and wrote this movie. David S. Ward. He also directed King Ralph with John Goodman. Nope. The program. Nope. F- football movie. Major League Two. No. Major League Three. Nope. Usually four? Nope. Five, six, None. seven, eight, nine. No, 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 no. There no. was only three. <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Down Periscope with, uh, whatchamacallit, Frazier? No. Nope. And then he also wrote The Sting 1 and 2, The Milagro Beanfield War, and he co-wrote Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, well, that one. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. What else? What else? I don't know. Things. Man, you had a lot to say about Major League, Chrissy. I really didn't. It's like a deluge <laughs> of opinion from you on this. Uh, well, you saw me going into this, and I was like, okay. And the, and you were like, you look like you need like something. Do you need something? Like, do you need? Do you some need a drink? Drink? Like, do you need me to smack you? Do you want me to give you a massage while you're watching Major League? I wish that I would have said yes to. But but I I just got hey do you need me to smack you and I'm like no thanks I didn't say do I need to smack you yeah you did Mm-mm. yeah you did on the butt well smack you on the butt that's still a smack get you excited about things no no not this one well by God I mean it had its redeeming moments it's not that I again it's not that I disliked it it just didn't click for me it didn't resonate with me. Um, the whole... Who was your side, favorite player? The old guy with the knees. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Tom Berenger. Was it his outfits? His, like, Miami Vice-like They were so outfits? Miami Vice. I, I saw his outfit. So how would you describe his his look, as our daughter likes to say? Like, I like your look. Yeah. What was he rocking? Um, he had, like, a, like, he would always wear a t-shirt. Right? Quintessential mid-80s. It, so he has, like, the um, slightly washed up, but not acid-washed, Levi's with uh, the belt with the big round kind of copper or nickel buckle in the middle with a tucked in, you know, Hanes t-shirt, but then a white oversized uh, sport jacket that goes over it. 
Um, I don't think it was double breasted, but it was definitely like not black. It was always like white or off white or camel and it had shoulder pads. He looked he looked like the counterpart to Suzanne Summers in Step by Step. Oh my gosh. The <laughs> counterpart to her? Yeah. She's the worst. She always wore jeans with shirts and like a blazer. So you're saying if say this is a world where I don't know you? Yeah. And I rolled up into an LA bar and you were there wearing Tom Berger clothes from Major League. Would you be like, what's that nerd doing? Did he just slide in here from the cornfield? <laughs> I would be like, is that one of my dad's intrigued? friends? Are you like intrigued? You're no. like, or I, is he trying too hard? I just told you exactly what I, I, I would. Is that one of my dad's friends? Yeah. I, I would really think that. And then I'd be like, I bet you anything he's drinking like a Miller Lite or something equally as 1986. I wonder how old he was in this movie. Because obviously he was the old guy. Yeah. And like watching it, I was like, he's probably not, he's probably supposed to my age now. And that was like, I instantly thought I was really old. Well, no. Do you know who he made me, who um, he reminded me of? I don't know if I could rock the, the like the curly mullet. That he had going on there, but I mean, it's very hard to rock that sort of a look. Like, let's be honest. Who do you remind you of? He reminded me of Brett Butler. Brett Butler? Yeah. Not like Grace Under Fire. I'm s- talking. <laughs> I was like, talking about Grace Under Fire, like their attitude or something. No, <laughs> that's who I thought of. You talking about the baseball player? Yes, Brett Butler was with the L.A. Dodgers and. Um, when did he retire? Nineteen ninety. For some reason, and I don't know about the. He was a center fielder. He had like a Wade Boggs ish type thing going on. Who's what that? If, Wade Boggs. Yeah. He loves to drink some beers. Wade Boggs, famous ex player. No. Don't know who that is, but that's cool. Damn it, Chrissy! I'm pretty much familiar with the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, we've talked about that. So, what would be your final grade for Major League, Chris? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a C. So you gave Field of Dreams a B minus and Major League a C? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I gave Major League a B. It's fine. Field of Dreams a B minus. Yeah. 1991 Mother's Cookies Los Angeles Dodgers baseball card of Brett Butler. He's got the wings on the side under that cap, and he was definitely the oldest guy on the team. I think Tom Berenger is sexier than that. Yeah, I agree. It's not a good photo of Brett Butler. There were a lot. There are a lot of better pictures of Brett Butler on here. Anyway, would you recommend Major League or Field of Dreams to someone who's never seen them before? Sure. Yeah. If they like baseball, both of them. No, only if they like baseball. I think you. That's what if a they don't like? What if they don't like baseball? No, then I probably wouldn't. Neither of them. No. But if they like baseball, both of them. Yes. What if they like Tom Berenger? Then clearly, I what would... What if they think he's sexy? I would say then you should if, probably watch Major League. <laughs> he's very was sexy Was this your first movie, movie you've seen with him in it? That I can recall. If you had his IMDb up, I could tell you. I'm not going to pull that shit up, man. I'm just... I'll be over here on the side perusing photos of Brett Butler from the early 90s. Are we still talking about Grace Under Fire, Brett Butler? No. What has happened to her? She just really fell off the face of the earth. She did fall off the face of the earth. I don't know what happened to her, but Brett Butler, I remember thinking he was dreamy even back then. This was before my Eric Karros obsession, Oh, though. God. Eric Karros, Chrissy. Enough. <laughs> Stop. I mean, it's enough that we have a giant size p- 
painting of him nude <laughs> above our bed of our bedroom. But then you got to talk about him at all times. This is really getting awkward. I can't. Uh, speaking of awkward, do you want to know what Leonard Malton thinks just about? just like him, by the way. No. Okay. Leonard Malton, the Malt, says about Major League, two and a half stars. He says, um, pleasant, but completely unremarkable baseball comedy with no surprises whatsoever. It's pretty, pretty He's harsh. He's not wrong. Pretty harsh, Maltz. He's not wrong. Like I said, uh, loved it as a kid. Uh, partially holds up. It's gotten a little old in the tooth with some of the 80s references, but I think kind of succeeds on um, the the group and, and the, the players and the actors in it. We even talked about the manager who was also good. Yeah, he was very good. The great played by, uh, oh, what's his name? The late James uh, Gannon, I think, played uh, Lou, the manager. I just wanted to point one thing out. I think that a big discrepancy between you and I in the movies that we review on this particular podcast, especially as of late, Uh are the nostalgia factor. You have a soft spot in your heart for these movies that you fell in love with when you were a kid for whatever reason. And so then I sit through them. And I think the nostalgia factor is a big reason why you like them in the first place or continue to like them. And, and it's missing for me because I... That's true. I so, get that. So I'm kind of like, okay, like it seems fine. <laughs> but, you know, some movies we watch where the nostalgia factor is there, mm-hmm. number one. But number two, it's also a, a great movie that still holds up. So it de- depends on They're not mutually exclusive. How, how big that, that second part is. Right. You know, how well does it hold up? Yeah. Can it overcome more than just nostalgia? Right. No, I'm not getting at you. It's it's not mutually exclusive. Whatever, Chrissy. We know what you think about the movies I love. I can't roll my Stabbed eyes. Stabbed me in the heart last week twice. My head. Twice. Not even in the front. Not even from the back, Chrissy. And you're still talking The worst. About it. Still. So now, uh, so we got uh, something new this week, Chrissy. Yeah? Um, I am part of this new thing out there. Chrissy, yes. are you paying attention? Oh, I am paying attention. Look, this is important. It is called the VHS Battle League. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to the VHS Battle League. So uh, VHS Battle League is a new competition that was just recently started by our friends at the Poop Culture Podcast, who um, we've had uh, a couple members from that podcast. Great one, by the way, from uh, Potter and Family on a couple of our fantasy movie drafts. Anyway, they started this competition. It's called the VHS Battle League. It's got several different podcasts coming in as players. And the whole point is every week there are going to be two different teams that are going to come to the table to battle against each other to see who has the craziest slash rarest um, VHS tapes they could find out in the wilds. Like, I'm Indiana Jones out in the wilds looking for these rare VHS tapes. Look at you smiling. What well, you know, I, you know what I was thinking? What? This is how my brain rolls. When you told me you were doing this, I was like, oh, man, why didn't I save my old VHSs from back in the day? Because... If only I could have saved them. I could have helped Justin win this thing. Nope, nope, nope. That would have been cheating, Chrissy. 
And I have, you know, before. So I shouldn't have hoarded these bef- things for 13 years? No, you shouldn't have because we don't have any room. Oh, man. Our physical media, or my physical media, both of our physical media, has been diminished over the years. A little bit. Uh, moving around LA, having kids, you just don't have enough room for everything. So nope. I used to have a lot of DVDs. Now I have a little bit of DVDs. No, you used to have an entire bookshelf full of DVDs. Like, but I used to have. Spade a spade. But I used to have like two to three bookshelves. So. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Um, so anyway, VHS Battle League. So, uh, this week I, uh, is the first week of the competition and I'm up against the, uh, Poop Culture Podcast, which is a team of dudes, Chrissy. Yes, I know. It's just me against a team of dudes. This is like Dave versus Goliath or as I allude to on Twitter, this is, uh, Ralph Macchio is the Karate Kid versus the Cobra Kai. Oh boy. I'm sure they love that distinction. Um, and not only that, they made up this whole thing. So... I was kind of trying to feel my way out. Like, what am I doing? Like, what am I supposed to do? I didn't have a VCR, Chrissy. I know. And this is when... Nobody does. This is when Chrissy came into play because I think she got a little upset with me spending all my time uh, researching and trying to find stuff for the VHS Battle League. Number one, I had to get a VCR. It got a little old after a while. Number one, I had to get a VCR. And Chrissy's like, why are you buying a VCR? And I'm like, because I got to watch these things, Chrissy. Yeah. I'm not going to buy VHSs and not watch them. And number two... I had to like look for these VHSs and like it being the first week, I'm like, I got to come out strong, Chrissy. I got to come out strong. Well, okay. A couple of things in my own Because here's what happens. I pick the two VHSs. They go up against their two VHSs and there's a scoring system that's like you get a certain number of points if it's still in shrink wrap. You get a certain number of points if it's, you know, has never been released on digital or DVD, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, knowing these, I was like, I got to come out blazing. I need a good set of movies. So. What were you going to say? What? <laughs> Nothing. Our fucking dog is over there snoring. Jeez. Poor baby. I know. Snoring She's problems. got some problems. Sleep apnea problems. <laughs> yeah. So here's the point. So now I have to announce my two my two VHSs, and these two are going to go against Poop Culture's two VHSs in a battle um, to see who wins the week. So you want to know what I got? Please. So like I me. said... I, I felt kind of I was like uh, Indiana Jones or uh, Nicolas Cage in eight millimeter. Like I was, I was going deep, like deep into the underworld of VHS, um, <laughs> Vine or whatever you the call underbelly of VHS. And so there's going to be a poll um, online where people will pick who they think had the two best. Um, but they're also like score, like a scoring system. So here, here, here are my two VHSs, and I'm going for straight up. Um, uh, points. I'm trying to get as many points as possible before I even get to that poll. So here are the two two movies I got. First up is from the year 1987. It's a comedy called Leader of the Band. Chrissy, have you ever heard of Leader of the Band? No, I haven't heard of either of the movies that you have, in fact, because when you brought them home, I was like, what are those things? So I think I remember the, the cover, the VHS cover, if you look at this, um, because it's got like a a guy playing a tuba. Is that a tuba? Uh, I think it's sure a tuba. It is. And then it looks like a bunch of people are coming out of the tuba. It's like a, it's a, it's it's a cartoon. Yeah. How would you describe that? Um, I think, our, like I said, I think I remember the VHS tape. So, Leader of the Band came out in uh, 1987. It uh, star stars Barney Miller, Steve Landisberg. Is it Landsberg or Landisberg? I thought it was Landsberg. Um, I didn't watch Barney Miller, but the the only reason and 
<laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I watched like 40 minutes of this in my new VCR. And I probably understand why it never went past VHS, Chrissy, because it is horrible. <laughs> you said it was terrible. I came downstairs after... I'm coughing it so bad. Slaving away, putting our children to bed. And I come downstairs and I'm like, what are you doing? So you remember Sister Act. Everyone yes. loves Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg. She starts out as a, what was she was like a Vegas uh, nightclub-ish type singer who goes undercover and um, teaches a class as a nun singing, right? That was what Sister Act was about, right? More or less. Something like that. Um, so this one, Leader of the Band, is about this guy... I can who, read the back for you. Who you want to read the back? Yeah, make read it easy. the back. Okay. Remind me since I just watched some of it. Eddie Layton is one cool cat and an out of work big city musician. <laughs> His big break finally comes when he lands a gig at the helm of the Olstead High School Marching Band, a hopeless group whose only talent is destroying band leaders. Can he turn this sour-noted troop into a first-class combo, or will his dreams of glory be trampled by marching maniacs? It's witty, it's wild, off-key, hilarious fun for all. It is none of those things, Chrissy. <laughs> Except off-key. It is very it sad. Is it is very sad. So, uh, uh, like I said, imagine uh, Sister Act, uh, imagine Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer, where she's like, I can't do this. Like these kids are, I'm just not going to reach them. But it's this guy um, who starts out kind of like in the same position of um, Ryan Gosling's character in La La Land. He gets uh, fired from this job as right. a uh, singer, piano player. Then he sees on TV this uh, high school marching band who's gone like blown through um, teachers. Like nobody can keep this job. They quit. Uh, one teacher at the beginning of the movie, um, the the marching band marches right into a bus, like they march into a a bus and just like fall down, and the the <laughs> the teacher quits because they're like, "You're idiots! Why are you doing this?" Anyway, it's really bad. So this guy comes in and tries to um, reform them, I just Re- reform to point out- reform this band, like start a new band, and it's really really bad. Like and you paid really bad. Thirteen dollars for it. I did not pay thirteen dollars for this. So let's get to my points for this particular one. Number one, I would like if if we watch this movie for the podcast, both of us, this would instantly be the worst movie we've ever talked about on the podcast. Like I said, I only watched like thirty minutes of it, forty minutes. It felt like three hours because it was so <laughs> oh, bad. Wow. It is not a comedy at all. There are no laughs. Um, it's pretty stupid, and so it never went past VHS. So. Here are the points I got for this movie. We got, um, I got 20 points because it was never released to digital. I got 10 points because it was still in the shrink wrap. I got five points because it's in a clamshell. Five points because the, the copyright on the actual tape is between 1986 and 1990. And then I got one point because it's still got a rental sticker on it. If you look, mm-hmm. it's just comedy. It's in the comedy section. Why does it matter about the years? What does it matter? Yeah. Because if it's an older one, you get more points. Oh. This is the between 86 and 90. That's why I got five points. So the total just for this one VHS that I got, and I think hopefully I'm right on this scoring, is 41 points from just that movie, Leader of the Band. Very nice. Never watch it. Like if if this was, if I was walking by and this was in the gutter, 
I would let prob- it stay there. I would probably let it stay there. So that's number one. Second one, and I don't know if you could. I was like, could this get worse? Yes, this could get worse. So this one is even more obscure. It's like you could find Leader on the Band on eBay. You could buy this VHS on eBay if you wanted to. Um, but this one is is a little bit harder. It's called Tulips. It's a wild and kooky love story, it says on the front. And so this movie came out in 1981, and it stars Gabe Kaplan from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, mm-hmm. and Bernadette Peters. So I knew that, and then I was like, well, "How long? Can, I mean, how wrong can you really go with Bernadette Peters?" Very, very wrong, Chrissy. Very oh, wrong, apparently. Man. So let's read. So this like says her. they they star in this wonderful comedy romance about a world weary would be suicide Leland Ir- Leland Irving who secures his demise by taking a contract out on himself, uh, then meets a beautiful woman who makes life worth living again. When he explains the deadly details to her, she plots to save their love and his life. They buy guns, bombs, poison, and even take the time to get married. Their final confrontation with a notorious gangland hitman is both humorous and ter- terrifically moving. That's on the back. That's how it describes the movie on the back. Damn. Does that make you want to watch the movie? No. No, it's not. So this is another... So. The thing that this, the, both these movies have in common are you would we would find these in the comedy section at your VHS or video store, but they are not funny at all. No. This one's actually even worse than Leader of the Band, and the reason why is it has zero laughs, um, and it stars Gabe Kaplan. Like I liked him in Fast Break, another movie from the '80s where he played this basketball coach. But this movie, like, there's nothing less funny than Suicide. And it like the suit the the heavy veil of suicide just kind of lays heavy above this movie. I don't throughout. understand why it's labeled as a comedy. I'm reading the back again, and I think on IMDb it's like comedy, comma drama, and I'm like it's definitely more drama. It because, seems like it's more of a drama. Even the pictures. Um, the the and then Bernadette Peters, like I would not recommend watching this movie at, at all. That's a bummer. I love either her. Um, because she plays another woman who um, is having a hard time. She wants to commit suicide. Aww. And then they, they meet each other. It. Like, the, seriously, the beginning scene of this movie is he's, like, about to jump off this bridge and commit suicide. And all of a sudden, she comes by, hanging onto the side of a moving car with this guy driving on a bridge, the same bridge he's on, and she's on roller skates. Oh, boy. Why is she on roller skates? I don't know. Why not? Why not? It doesn't make sense. And they, like collide with each other and i would say hijinks ensue but that seems like there's a bad movie fun fun involved so tulips here's the points i got from tulips okay don't watch it plus 20 points not released to digital like i said never went past vhs plus 10 still in shrink wrap plus 10 this was pre-1985 so i got 10 points for that it was in 1981 okay and then it has also has a rental sticker so i got one point for that also got 41 points for tulips. Nice. The rental sticker says comedy, parental guidance. And then the byline is a wild and kooky love story. And if you even look on the actual VHS tape of this one, it says please. It's got the please rewind sticker right there. Oh, please rewind. And this one on uh, leader of the band, it says be ki- be kind. Please re- rewind. And it says they have two stickers on there reminding you to rewind it. 
I think my problem is I got this VCR, but I don't have one of those cleaner head systems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get one of those cleaner head systems those. with a little dabbing of the alcohol or whatever in it. Uh-huh. Um, so my total points for these two VHSs is 82 points, Chrissy. That's a lot of points, Justin. I mean... It might not win any polls, but you got a lot of points up front. I worked really hard at finding these VHSs, guys. Yes, like, you did. I have... How many... I have like... Eight VHSs, and I only played two. <laughs> yep. I got some other VHSs uh, that would get me no points, but I have a VCR now, and I need to use it, Chrissy. Oh, okay. Plenty of time to enjoy. You're rolling your eyes. Are you not believing me and my VHS Battle League prospects? I uh, no, no, I believe you. I'm gonna have to go deeper next time if I if Jesus. next my what? Where Jesus. are you gonna go? Where? Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you my secrets. Okay, fine. All I'll say is, like, I really went deep, like, so deep one day that I forgot I was supposed to pick up her son. I know. I was, I was going to be a little late. Well, you know, like, when you're, like... Obsessed with something? You're, like, deep undercover. Like, I'm, like, Keanu in Point Break. Like, I'm deep. Sometimes I lose track of time. When Justin really commits to something, he's Tom Cruise. <laughs> he commits to it and like that's it like there's no the rest of the world could be happening around him but he's like into one thing and he's obsessed with it what was happening is i was like deep undercover in this vhs uh underworld and i was trying to do the point system in my head kind of like uh russell crowe and beautiful mind like numbers Mm -hmm. and like shapes are like whizzing around my head i'm like trying to (laughs) do my best there you go so with 82 points we'll see how see how i do like i said uh look online um, on Twitter at VHS Battle League. Um, like I said, the poop culture guys will probably have a poll up there um, to pick me because I've got the best VHS tapes. I really went in deep. I risked my life. I'm not going to lie. I risked my life for these you tapes. You life risker. Um, and I need the win because I like to win. You do like to win. And now I'm going to make Chrissy watch both these movies. Nope. The whole thing. All the notes. Under, v- under VCRs. No? Nope. No? Nope. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's it for this week. So, um, but the big news and Chrissy alluded to this at the start of this podcast is next week on the podcast is a big week. It's time for human centipede. Oh God. So Chrissy, uh, notoriously complained about this in our movie draft, but we were uh, looking to get iTunes reviews, and we put the call out there, and everyone, thank you, answered the call, and got us in this yeah, thanks, I- guys. iTunes reviews that now Chrissy has to watch The Human Centipede, the one movie she said she would never watch. Fuck all of you. And we're going to talk about it on next week's show. Woo! <sighs> Chrissy's excited about that. Um, we might even have another uh, Mystery Snack Challenge. Or we s- may even so- fall asleep watching the movie. I don't know. No, it's I'm gonna possible. Ho- I'm gonna do some kind of contraption like Clockwork Orange that's gonna hold your eyelids. I don't open. know. You can hear my voice is already gone, and I'm Kool-Aid traveling crack. most of the week. No Good luck with that. I'm gonna infuse you with vitamins <laughs> and caffeine and nope. other Kool Aid crack and other things awesome. to make sure we're gonna be doing Mountain Dew shots. To make sure you stay away for that one. So, mm. um, so where else can people find us on the interwebs, Chrissy? Real quick. 
anywhere where they cannot give us more iTunes reviews because no more human centipedes after this because I know there's two or three more movies. They can find us there's on... There's three of them. Yep. On, well, three, whatever. They can find us on uh, Podbean and Stitcher, of course. You can also download straight from uh, the podcast app from the App Store if you have an iPhone. And uh, we're on all the social medias. We are- Stitcher, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at MovieGeekCast. I was going to say that but that's cool you just jump right in you do what you do i'm still on my high i know you're falling asleep and i'm like raring to go well i'm losing my voice let's talk about more movies chrissy let's do it come on let's do it oh my god i can't wait um but yeah thanks for listening guys we appreciate it chrissy appreciates all the itunes reviews keep them coming uh, (laughs) if you like our show and um we will see you guys next week thanks